Hey guys, John here. Let me just tell you about a little website that I just discovered called Wicked Cat Clothing. And its founder, Stephanie Long, founded Wicked Cat Clothing because Halloween has always been her favorite holiday. Her company uncompresses her love for Halloween, horror movies, the paranormal, and cats. She wanted to bring her love for these things to others with appeal and accessories that, are, that have fun sayings. For a limited time, you get to have 30% off with using the discount code Movie Loves Your Night 30. And let me just tell you this. There's actually a little item inside Wicked Cat clothing that I would actually get for myself. And that's a coffee mug that says, let's watch horror movies together. This has a very neat little paranormal uh, art picture. And I just have to say, the artwork looks clean. The mug looks clean. This is something that I would get for myself. So go on ahead and check out Wicked Cat Clothing and make sure that you guys use that discount code MovieLovesYouNight30 to get your 30% discount off today. Thank you. And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me today, I have my good friend, Crichton Hobbs, director, independent film director. Say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody, and thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. It's always good to have you, man. It's a pleasure to have you. And, you know, for tonight's episode, we're actually going to be doing The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. This movie is actually not directed by James Wan this time. This movie is directed by somebody else. And the whole reason why James Wan is not didn't do this one or anything like that is because he's attached to direct his own horror film and everything. So there's like a little underground project. Not that many people know what this other film's about or anything like that. It's been hushed for a while now on yeah. what this film's about. But as far as this film goes and everything, this movie centers around the Warrens once again. And But the plot is a little bit different this time. This time the plot is basically... The Warren's doing an investigation and with the paranormal and trying to claim somebody somebody's innocence this time. And right. basically the person saying that the devil made him do it. And so, you know, I was intrigued whenever I first heard this because they were getting away mm -hmm. from the whole entire haunted house aspect of it and trying to do something different. But there's a difference between doing it from the pages that you see comparing it to how it will look on the screen on how it actually would be. As a matter of fact, this film feels like a spinoff movie rather than a conjuring uh, movie yeah, because of the tones are different and stuff like that. Now, here's the thing, guys. I'm not a big fan of the spinoff films or anything like that. Now, when it comes down to the conjuring movies in themselves, I love those. Yeah. But what about you, though? I mean, what, what do you think about some of the conjuring stuff and things like that? I know that we reviewed uh, part one. Mm -hmm. No, I love part one and I love part two. Um, and when I saw part three, uh, I noticed it. they were taking a different kind of like direction, if you will. You know, just from somebody who makes movies and stuff, I could see where 
the studio was saying, okay, we tried this route. Let's give the people something different and see how they react. And, you know, I like the new flavoring of it because you can't just give people the same old spoon spoon feed on the same, same old, same old, same old. Because it's like, it's kind of like... Because uh, repetitive. Yeah, it's like when you're eating... uh, It's like when you're in the hospital and the the only dessert you get is chocolate pudding. And it's like after about two nights, you're like, I'm ready to go home. I'm sick of this, you know? So so the studios and somebody that makes movies, you're like, let's give them something they haven't seen. And let's see what kind of reactions we could get from people, you know? Um, I appreciate it, um, but, you know, I'm one of those that's like, if you throw me something so totally new, I'm either going to fall in love with it right after I watch it, or it's going to be, I need to watch it two or three more times before I say I love you. You know, it's kind of like going out on a date. I need about three dates, and then <laughs> then I might say the three-letter word. Just depends on how good the dates are, you know, but... <laughs> right. So that's just me, you know, me personally, so... Okay. Well, let's see here. I love the opening scene with the possession. Oh, yeah. To that, me, that, that, that alone awesome. hooks you right in there, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. And then, you know, I was like, okay, if this is what they're giving us, I'm I'm sucked in. I'm already gonna yep. love it because it does feel like that James Wan flavor that we normally get from a mm-hmm. Conjuring universe, right? Right. So I was sucked into that part. It also feels like The Exorcist, the old classic 1980s Exorcist yeah. type movie. Like so with that was a position. Yeah, the priest first walked up to the house. I was like, "This is The Exorcist." I was like, you know, because I was terrified of The Exorcist as a kid. You know, so now <laughs> I was like, but. Uh, you know <laughs> exactly man exactly but tell me what else i mean i know there's also another scene i'm gonna get into one more scene and i'll give you your thoughts on this but i love the part where we don't see what's actually going on we see claw, like these claw marks on the wall mm-hmm. like a very freddy cougar kind of vibe to it yeah and i'm like i'm like okay what is going on here mm-hmm. and everything yeah. and what did you think about that and everything oh, else for I- uh, to me, I, what I really enjoy about this movie is where they they give you the story, but they're like um, they they're not going to tell you by words. Um, like when you you first go into that house, I don't know if you remember, and you saw the chandelier broken, and you saw all kind of stuff, and then it done that like at the Warrens' house uh, near kind of the end of it, you know. Like, when Warren was, I guess, first becoming possessed or something, or getting there, or whatever, she was, he was like, she's in her house, but they gave little clues and little things about, it's like, oh, somebody was in there, you know what I mean? And so I really enjoyed that thought-provoking part of the movie. I, my, my hat's off to him for that. That's what I enjoy. Same here. Uh, to be honest with you, I definitely love the opening scene of it. And then also, too, the kid, we're thinking the kid is actually grabbing the walls and everything. 
But if you look close enough, though, those clo- he's not even touching the wall. He's not. Yeah. It's like think of it as like Peter Pan with the shadow. Basically, the <laughs> yeah. possession is the shadow, and yeah. he's and the possession is actually scraping the wall mm-hmm. with those yeah. claw marks. Yeah, kind of thing. So I definitely appreciated the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. That's, that so was very. That was right. just that. That mm-hmm. made to me. That was almost. I would say, yeah, it was to me honestly better than the ending. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but then after that, it winds up going downhill to the point where I have to say yeah. that it struggles on what this movie wants to be mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. It doesn't know its own identity. It becomes mm-hmm. confusing, not confusing to the viewer, but confusing to this film as to mm-hmm. what this film wants to be, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's another factor. And then, you know, I love the fact that it's a mystery type of thing, but at the same time, you know, they could have done the witching witch stuff if they didn't focus so much on the crime stuff. Yeah. They could still mm-hmm. have that possession ability without the crime stuff and still have it based on true events and still have yeah. your case of this kid that's trying to mm-hmm. prove his innocence. Yeah. So you could still have it worked in on that way. Yeah. And everything they, too. Yeah, they should have evened it up a little bit. You know, it seemed like I don't know where they did it or whatever, but it seemed like somewhere along the way, somebody who was doing this movie was like, let's lean a little bit more towards the creative than you know than like the possession and you know, that's more thing, you know geared I mean? towards the visual effects. Yeah, that's what you're saying. And and I, I, think, mean, yeah. I do have to agree with you on that, to be honest with you, because it was more geared towards the visual effects a little bit, especially with the stuff that we've seen in the trailers, to be yeah. honest with you. Because wow. it's like, okay, we see um we see his wife in the woods. That's a cool effect, but does yeah. it do anything to amplify the plot? Does it do <laughs> anything for us? No. It doesn't really do anything for us. But another thing that I liked was the fact that you have this guy named Arnie who winds up sacrificing his own self to save his brother Mm -hmm. and everything. And that's when the possession takes over him. Mm-hmm. And the little boy's okay, but it's the love of the brother who sacrifices his own self for his brother, mm-hmm. which is something I was geared towards, something that I really liked. And yeah. then there's that crazy uncle that lives with them <laughs> and everything later on that we see. But, you know, that's always drunk, putting yeah. on Blondie, call me, yeah. <laughs> and everything. And then also, too, we're also dealing with the husband, Ned who's dealing with heart issues now because yeah. of that possession with the kid. Mm-hmm. So and, we're dealing with that. Yeah. And see, and I had a, kind of a issue on, I mean, I understand he got hurt, and the, but they could have left it with just the heart thing instead of walking around with the, um, with the cane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, okay, you got a bum leg and you got a bad ticker. I'm waiting for you, you know, (laughs) to me, I was like, and I guess that's because I'm older, but it's still, you know, it's like, this guy's in bad shape. He shouldn't be doing this for real, you know? Right. Another thing, though, too, was uh, whenever I saw him in the hospital bed, my first thing was this. 
How much is this geared towards the Bo Warns now? Uh, mm-hmm. Is he going to be sitting yeah. out this whole entire time in the hospital bed? Or yeah. is it just going to be focused, primarily focused on his wife trying to solve this murder? But no, it's the both of them again, which is something that I was happy about. It's, yeah. And it's where they can both motivate the plot along for, mm-hmm. for the journey that we're about to go on. So yeah. I'm, I was happy with that. Uh, instead of sending him out in the hospital bed and then the wife goes on and does her own thing. Um, but then we are introduced into the world, of course, of Arnie. Arnie's this good guy, down-to-earth yeah. guy and everything, and then he's possessed. And you can see the possession slowly taking effect. Now, that's something I really liked was the I, slow I like process that. of possession mm-hmm. and everything. It wasn't like speed through. So that's something I can actually appreciate with that part, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, it, then, that, it, it seemed like it had a conjuring the the first conjuring because she was kind of like that she didn't just wham bam you know it was kind of you saw the gradual build up to the you know so I, I appreciated that build up to Arnie you know what I mean uh, that same. to me I liked it you know uh, same here as well to be honest with you that's why I like that slow build up and then of course you also see him you know sweating looks like he's being wigged out and everything and yeah. stuff like that he looks like he's like on drugs but he's not on drugs he's just possessed but yeah. but also too you have that crazy drunk uncle who's there of the girlfriend's mm-hmm. brother or whatever and yeah. he wants him to dance with him and stuff like that you know and yeah. of course as he's trying to dance to the song blondie call me but i love the foreshadowing in that uh, right, yeah. I liked how the, it showed, you could visually tell what was happening, you know what I mean? Like, that was very um, creatively done. Of where, exactly. like, you know, that I was like, I was super, I was like, wow, okay, I can follow this, you know? And right, they, because here's the thing. Yeah. While that's going on, you have the Warrens trying to call Arnie Mm-hmm. And then, hey, look, there's a position that's being taken place. You guys need to go on ahead and get help immediately. We're on our way. And the song Call Me is on there, and no one's picking up. So I thought that was a perfect way of foreshadowing that scene. And yeah. then, of course, they call the cops. The cops wind up seeing Arnie and the blood and everything. At first, I thought he killed the girlfriend and the and the, I, uncle, mm-hmm. the uncle, because that's my first initial thought. I'm like, okay, why... I, it would be more interesting if they killed both of them in a sense, but then again, it's based on true events. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, there goes that idea. But <laughs> you know, I thought he killed both of them to be honest with you. Yeah. And, so, and I think that was a good creative touch that, that was a very cliffhanger Alfred Hitchcocky kind of touch. You, you saw him, you know, with the blood and stuff, but it's like, who did he kill? And it's like, Oh, I killed the uncle guy. You know, the drunk redneck uncle, you know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I here's the thing. I love aspects of this film, but as a whole though. The whole yeah. It, it's it just not didn't... it's not there. Yeah, it just it, it's and we'll get into those... that in a few. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Because here's the thing, as a reviewer, when a movie's not that great, we try to scratch the surface on what's actually good. And if we're (laughs) struggling, it's like, yeah, there was a couple of good scenes in there, you know, but (laughs) but 
you know, the opening stuff was really great. Then him getting arrested and stuff like that, and then the warrants having to prove his innocence and everything was good. That was a good setup. Yeah. Then the execution comes into place. This is where he has to now that not only do they have to prove they already proved it to the church that possession, demonic possession is a true thing. Now they have to try and provide it in try and prove it into the court system, which is ten times harder than proving it to the church. Yeah. And everything too. But I I love Yeah, did you love that part where they was talking to the lawyer and he's like, How about you meet Annabelle? (laughs) (laughs) And then next thing you know it, she's in court with them. Yeah, you had that look of like, uh-uh, you know, oh, that was great. I was just, that was classic. You know, that was just, that to me, that was like dying, you know, laughing with it. Same here. Same here as well. But I wish that I could have saw that, though, to be honest with you. I wish I could have saw that din- dinner scene just to see her reaction to Annabelle. <laughs> because that would have been top notch for me just to uh, see that lawyer just lose her shit for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, the reaction alone and the next day, and she because she says, I won't represent you unless I know for a fact that there's actually possessions that's actually happening. Next thing you know it, the next morning, and I'm gonna be representing Arnie. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he pleads not guilty because of demon possession, and you know why she said it. You know, she saw exactly. Annabelle. You know, so I thought that was very well done and placed. You know what I mean? I, I thought that sure. was. I just wish stuff like that would have played out through the rest. You know what I mean? That 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 kind of flow, or I don't For know sure. if I'm getting it right, but you know what I mean? To where it wasn't been so. But it'd been more kind of like that, you know what I mean? More, uh, more of an even pace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, a little bit more even and gradual, you know. Give me that gradual build to the, you know, to the all right, you know, right. And you know, I feel like this though too. And there's actually another thing though too. They're actually wondering what's causing this possession. Where where's this possession happening from? Where is it translated at? Because we know it starts off with a little boy, but yeah. how far back does this thing actually go? Does it yeah. go into the haunted house realm? Does it go into this realm? And at first, I thought they were going back into the haunted house type of realm with the boy on the bed, and then you see the and the creepiest thing was the waterbed scene. Yeah, that was creepy. And, yeah, yeah, that that part I liked because I was actually creeped out. They didn't rely on cheap jump scares or anything like that either. Mm-hmm. And again, there's not much to be scared of in this film, if you think about it. Because yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> because they made this into like a psychological kind of horror aspect thing. to it. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that's currently kind of what I'm making. So I, I appreciated it, you know, and I learned a lot, but I learned some things kind of yeah, right. I, you know, I was like, oh God, I cannot make it where it's so like you know you know (laughs) right and then we go into the whole entire thing after that where they see the where the floor is all messed up and everything from the waterbed and the girlfriend is thinking that it was because of the fact that with the waterbed being wet it ruined the floor and it turns out no that's because there's a possession that was being taken place in this room so then they start looking around and then they find underneath the house the satanic ritual type of thing 
and they're trying to connect it. And as someone that actually watches paranormal stuff, investigations, stuff like that, like Mosarji, Omar off of YouTube and stuff like that, they go into get this. They actually, they wind up stop accidentally stumbling into some satanic stuff mm-hmm. and everything. And so it happens to be this is what the Warren stumbled into was this paranormal um satanic ritual. Yeah. And so then they're trying to link it up, and then it just opens to be it was linked up to somewhere up in Boston. And yeah. there's also this missing girl that's been missing for a while. And then they have to, uh, then now they have to convince the Boston Police Department that there's actually something going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was but just, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a nice little twist, but it seemed. Uh, long, if you will, you know what I mean. It's kind of it's like, enforced. Yeah, it just, it just. I was like, I like the idea of it, but that's just me being a, a director and creator person. But if they could have, to me, not felt like we're pushing this on you, and more like, hey, here's a new page to this mystery. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, instead of saying, you're going to read this, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know, Right. And that's actually how I felt, though, to be honest with you. I felt like it was forced. It didn't yeah. feel like it was smart at all, to be honest with you. Right. Like, you know how some scenes try to be too smart than what, the, than what it's supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and this one didn't feel like it was smart at all, to be honest. But yeah. the part that I liked that I laughed at was when his wife winds up finding the knife that killed the little girl and everything and to convince the cops and then in the car because well there was only a three uh three out of four chance that 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 could have been it or something yeah. like that I'm, I'm not going for a verbatim or anything right but then i love the caught in the trap song being played and then as i'm thinking of this and everything i was like i love the foreshadowing and then yeah. all of a sudden here's uh ned's wife she goes i love the song <laughs> i'm like I'm like, get out of my head. Yeah. I'm like, get out of my head, woman. <laughs> but <laughs> and I, I like that part as well when they were in Boston and they were in the car driving and he was like, you know, he made the joke about Elvis. Yeah. Do you remember that part where Yeah, he, he said, was up saying now, have you ever met Elvis before? Yeah. And that's when uh the the wife winds up responding back, Well, do you mean when he died, or do you mean when he was living? Yeah. Uh, and I could just see the guy going, well, maybe both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was like, I met him once while he was alive, and one after. You know, I was right. great. You know, I was like, oh, that's 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 kind of funny to me because you know, Elvis, you know how they always say, you know, Elvis is still alive, you know. <laughs> exactly. So I think that was just thrown in from a writer's perspective or a director or producer's perspective of they must have seen a bunch of Elvises in Vegas or something, you know. And, right. And this is not the first time I heard this song being played this mm-hmm. year. This, there's another movie on Netflix that actually had the song. Oh, wow. And yeah. it's Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead movie that's right yeah so that's oh, twice yeah. in one year that they use mm-hmm. an elvis reference to for something that's actually going to be horribly bad <laughs> uh, right yeah so i mean and, but anyways no. um 
But, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and before we get to this, while I'm thinking about it, the uh, one other thing that I've learned about watching, you know, the devil made me do it. That as a film director, I will never cast a naked fat guy that's supposed to be dead and chasing after me. That's a no no. I just ain't gonna do it. <laughs> Oh my god. You mean to tell me you wouldn't cast like a Danny DeVito person chasing after somebody? Yeah, as long as he kept his clothes on, I'd be fine with it, but not naked like that. I'd be like, man, this is weird, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have to I have to admit that did creep me out as well, to be honest with you. And stuff like that. We'll get to that in a few minutes though. <laughs> and we're not going scene by scene. We're just talking about certain scenes that we liked and certain scenes yeah. that we didn't like. We're just having a conversation here. Yeah. And so, you know, my other question is this. Now, did you think remember whenever Ned was like, Hey, uh, you're passing up the spot where the girl died? Now, my question is this did you think the cop was trying to turn around to where they go back to the police station? Mm-hmm. Or did you think that what what was what do you think that was going on there? Because all of a sudden it goes from that, and the next thing you know, they're at the at the spot yeah. that the girl died. So I, I'm like, yeah, my thoughts on it from being a director and a writer as well. I think that that was intentional. A cop that has doubt, but they're like, let me see if this person's like for real, because the cop knows where they're going. Especially on a previous crime scene, scream, uh, crime scene. But I think it was intentional that he drove past it, and he wanted to see if she was going to say, mm. "You know, you passed it." Uh, okay, okay. Thanks for explaining that to me because I wasn't sure what they were doing as far as I went. So that actually makes sense now. Also, mm-hmm. too. You know, I love when cops actually use like uh, paranormal investigators to invest in everything and different things. So that's mm-hmm. exactly what this is. If you think yeah. about it, it was like before the it day is. and age of psychics and stuff like that. This is before, you know, that they could actually help people and stuff like that. They were all thinking that they're all flukes, just all just in there for a buck. Yeah. With horns, though, they get more than what they bargained for. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> But, you know, another thing, though, too, is when she's in the woods, you actually see that, th- that all of a sudden you see the trees go black. Now, this is the the part that we were talking about where it's just basically a special effect for no purpose. Well, it's for purpose, but it's but a little it's, too long and drawn out. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. And I wasn't. I mean, I like this special effect. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. But it's kind of like. Because oddly enough, this movie, The History That Haunts Us, that, I, that I'm doing, by the way, but uh, is where, like, if you're going to have somebody go into the past or something, just throw in some quick CGI, you know, flicker, you know, like three seconds of, you know, or throw in some right. fog or just do a real quick one, two three and you're done then you go into your scene right Uh, to me it was like you got this long ass drawn out (laughs) going from light to dark type thing and it was kind of like we got the fact that she's supposed to be trans 
transferred over to that yeah, right. and everything. But still, it didn't be drawn out in that kind of way. Yeah, you could actually mm-hmm. still have the stat her showing the stabbing. Sure. And I felt like even I was I agree with her husband. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm like, dude, just I was like, look, just stop. Just stop what you're doing. <laughs> because right. you're already we get the point. She was stabbed. We can leave it yeah. at that. But then all of a sudden it goes back into her realm of seeing what actually happened again. And she's running through the tree, the forest and everything else. And then she's on this cliff and then she looks at Ned and that's when the, this demon being just grabs her feet from underneath to me that that wasn't scary. Number one, it was on the trailer. So you already know it was going to be there. Yeah. You saw it. Yeah. So the shock value wasn't there that needed to be there. Unless you're seeing this in the theater and you have those wide shots to actually help you. Maybe mm-hmm. that's where what it's missing in a sense. But yeah, still, I mean, it just didn't it just felt flat for me. What about you? All right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it's always hard <laughs> when you make a trailer to not spoil the best parts, you know, that's a tricky thing, you know, to make a trailer, but, uh, you know, not give out all the goodies. And I think if people wouldn't have seen that beforehand, it would have made a bigger, like, impact. But people who saw the trailer, they were like, and then when they saw it, they were like, I knew that was happening. Right. <laughs> you know, then, like... Also, too, we're also going into something else, though, too, because, you know, the nun is connected to it. And then you also have this other film that came out in 2019 that's actually connected with it because of the priest that's in this film mm-hmm. and everything. And that's the only thing. There's only two things on why you should watch that movie. I, it starts with an L. I can't even speak French or anything like that. But it's yeah. L, you know, it's the L.A. something movie or whatever. But... Uh, basically, there's only two connections. Number one, the priest is in that movie, which is also yeah. in this movie. Number two, the same director who directed that movie direct is directing this movie. So basically, that's the only two connections. Uh-huh. And there was the, the picture in uh, Warren's office of the nun. Right. Uh, and then also, it? too. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it was in his office, wasn't it? Yeah. The picture of yeah. the nun? Yep. The nun was in the office. That was back when oh. they were. Tr- well, that was a little bit later on when he was looking at the flowers. Yeah, and then they, they smashed the vase, and then there's that uh, demonic thing again, the satanic ritual that's in the in the flower pot yeah. in the vase. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the nun's in the background. But also too, when she has those visions, when uh, Ed's wife has those visions and everything, and stuff like that. Which is uh, Lorraine when she had when Lorraine has those visions and everything too. You may actually have a little bit of a flashback of that of the nun scenery, yeah, and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that movie since it came out, and I actually sure. knew that it was in reference to that. So if you're wondering if you have to see these movies, I recommend yeah this. You don't actually have to see these movies. You already know that it probably connects to the nun. If you watch mm-hmm. the second Conjuring film, yeah, and that's probably because the director did directed the Nun. So, <laughs> he, well, no, 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 he didn't direct the he, Nun. He, uh, there was this he other directed. movie 
Yeah, there was this other movie. I can't, like I said, I can't speak French or anything like that. I'm not very good. Uh, I wish Frenchie was here <laughs> to actually correct me. But anyways, that film was only connected because of the priest and because of the, the fact that the director that's right. directed this movie. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but yeah. But yeah. still. Um, yeah, I mean. As far as. Thank God I didn't rent it. <laughs> I could watch it free on HBO Max. Honest to God, that's what I thought. I mean, I didn't crap on it, but it, it's like I'm glad I was on HBO Max, and I'm glad I got a chance to watch it. Kind of like watching, you know, like Wonder Woman '84. You know, like it threw that through me with her flying in the air, like, huh? You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Same kind but of scenario. The name- like, Right. The name of the movie that I was thinking of, The Curse of La La Lorna, I think it's called. La Mm -hmm. Lorna. Yeah. That was was the one that the same director directed uh, this movie and also had connects in with the priest. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, So that's... Here's the thing. That was just going to drive me crazy if I didn't look into it. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, anyways, that... This whole entire thing, I mean, I feel like I'm scratching the surface sometimes trying to find something I liked, especially at the very start of the film and that height that we were actually at. But let's go on ahead and we'll dive right into the other stuff, though, too. Like we mentioned, I'm skipping some other stuff around and everything, too, but that's okay. But, you know, there's actually another thing, too, where we see visions of this demonic person doing this to the to this kid arnie and everything too so you have a a satanist doing this stuff and you actually see it through the vision of of ned's wife which is uh lorraine now what did you think of that stuff where you actually have someone that's actually being possessed by the satanic person and it's being a being taking over into this person's body did you like that aspect of it Oh, nah, not wrong. I'm going to be honest with you because it was too, it it felt like too much info. Yeah, it felt like just too much. And it was like, I understand about wanting to go deep into your story. Sure, everybody does who makes movies or writes or has creative, mm, you know. (laughs) But there's a time where you got to say, keep it simple. You know, sometimes simplicity right. is the best take. It really is. It's like, um, you know, it's sometimes it's more creepier just to be in a dark place and you can barely see anything and you hear a door, you know, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, you know, and you're like, and there's no music, you know, that's making you feel that way, you know, or something. It's just like, which is why we love these movies in the right. first place. Yeah, and that's something else I want to talk about too. There was a lot of scenes where they didn't have any music, mm-hmm. but then they also yeah. amplified it with music later on. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it okay, was kind of bipolarish, you know? <laughs> right? Exactly. And also too, I also felt like this: the film was too quick paced. Yeah. It was too quick to finish what it needed to do. Because here's the thing, the James Wan, you can definitely tell when he's directing versus other people. 
because you have that slow build. You have that slow tension. Then once that slow tension is built, then you release it into the second half of your film to where everything is colliding at one time. To where you actually feel afraid for these people. Not saying I don't feel, didn't feel afraid for this sure. character Arnie, but I would actually felt more scared and for him if they took their time to let it build a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything too, to be honest. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like you know, it, Arnie was good. Um, you know, as in you know, the the build up, but and I like how how they all at one time was getting possessed, you know, Warren and Arnie or Ernie or right. Yeah. That guy, <laughs> you know, the dude in jail, you know, <laughs> right. Arnie. Yeah. And, Arnie was yeah, the guy Arnie. in jail. And, um, but it was kind of like, you know, I thought there were supposed to be three people that was getting possessed. Okay. There, there what? was, there was three people. Mm-hmm. It was the kid from the very beginning, which is Arnie's brother. Yeah. It got possessed and it passed through to Arnie. Yeah. And then it was the husband. It was Ed. Yeah. That got possessed. Because remember, to me, this okay. had a very shining type of moment, though, with the sledgehammer. Yeah. Felt mm-hmm. like the shining to me when yeah. Dad was being possessed. <laughs> yeah. So this is me thinking. I'm like, so now we're going with slasher horror mixed in with the paranormal realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, now that's where I'm it's, talking about where it didn't know its own identity, where it became exactly. too convoluted. And see, I agree 100. percent If um, it, it, you know, if and it's hard to change up, it's kind of like Star Wars, right? If you're going to go say I'm going to watch Star Wars, you're going to be in outer space or some weird planet seeing things fight. You know, that's that's what it is, right? But then right. if you all of a sudden throw in some kind of weird, unusual love story between a Wookiee and Princess Leia, you know, and they're like some big weird love story that had a, a subspecies of some sort, you know, it don't fit. It's kind of no. like, like, what? I'm just confused <laughs> everybody that watches the show. They're like, He's got a deep, sick mind, you know, but right. Yeah. But like what I'm getting at is it's just like you said, it was kind of mixed up, you know, it's like, it was too, it was like this and this and this, and it just should have been that, right? you know, I would have been, to be honest with you, they didn't have to do the haunted house realm for this film. And they didn't. They, they they made it clear, sure. yeah. and it was a clear understanding on paper and also in the news reports that I read, mm-hmm. and they followed up on that. Kudos yeah. to them for following that up. They did. They said exactly what they were going to do. But to me, you can have the possession, like I said, without the satanic stuff. Yeah, without the ritual, you could still have him doing all this other stuff in the insane asylum. And everything mm-hmm. too in the psychiatric place where he has the knife to his throat and yeah. this other stuff that's happening. You could still have that without the satanic ritual that you're trying to do. Yeah, and that's another thing too that kind of, you know, what I, my exact thought was. What's that? Uh, you ever heard? Uh, and I don't know if anybody else has or not, but it's kind of like, um, oh, the butler did it. <laughs> 
you know, right from Clue. Yeah, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> the butler did it. You know, it's like that old attaché of writing that was taking mm-hmm. place long ago. You know, the butler always always did it. You know, you right. knew. Uh, so to oh, me, it was Professor Plum with the candlestick. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was like. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's one of those. This is when I figured it showed it was his daughter. Right. Another thing, though, too, I want to get to that, too. And I know I didn't mention this whenever the Warrens go up to the priest and everything, questioning where the satanic satanic thing came from or anything like that. He he goes, Yeah, I've seen this before. But I'm like, Okay, he's hiding something. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's right there, paint by numbers, that he's hiding something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, I was also wondering, is his daughter alive? Is she dead? Because it doesn't, mm-hmm. it was in, making me feel like, is it part of reality? Or is it part of paranormal? What's the deal here? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah. and then also, too, they do this cheap little thing where she blows some dust into... Ed's eyes, and he's blind. Now he's possessed, and now all of a sudden he's Jack Nicholson from The Shining with the sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never, I didn't. What did she? What did she blow in his eyes? That's what I want to know. I don't have a clue, but nobody <laughs> possession know. dust. I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got it off the uh, Harry Potter special website. You know, it's like. <laughs> Special pay from WB <laughs> Studios, <Yeah. laughs> but but you know, I mean, come on, give us something that's simplistic, like you said. Yeah, I mean, keep it simple. Don't try to explain too much or anything like I mean, that. And then you mean to tell me all he had to do was smash the stupid satanic? That's what I was, I was like. That's it, you know. I mean, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God bless, you know, I don't even weigh a buck 25, but I would have found something to throw on it, <laughs> you know. Exactly. And then we realized that the girl is also human. Yeah. Because that's that was like, the only time that they actually, that's the only time that they actually explain that the girl is actually human. And I mean, I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for that actor uh, saying that, who played Warren, saying, you know, the demon is calling, you call, uh, is coming to claim its soul, you know? Right. And, I mean, if it wasn't for him saying that one line like that, you know, that's like a Clint Eastwood kind of line to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? He saved that whole scene by saying that, you know? And then she did the, the, I don't know what it was. I call it breakdancing while dying. I don't (laughs) like 80s breakdancing. But... You know, but in a sense, though, it kind of worked for me on that part, on the way that she killed her, mm-hmm. because I definitely yeah. liked it. But at the same time, it was also kind of comical. And then also, too, the whole yeah. person, the fat person chasing after the naked fat guy chasing after her. And also, too, trying to feel the presence from Jessica, which made sense. But yeah. why are you? And she goes, well, I don't feel anything. Why don't you feel anything? She's actually the victim. This is the person that was being possessed. Why don't you feel anything when you're supposed to feel something? Why does it have to go towards this other person that doesn't even make any damn sense in the whole entire thing in the first place? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I know. It was kind of like, well, you know, uh, I don't know. (laughs) You you know, in Thor, um, 
the last Avengers movie, right? Yeah, Ragnarok, or was yeah. it? Uh, no, the uh, last Avengers movie where he's real big yeah. and he yeah, big yeah. and fat. So if anybody has ever wondered what Thor would look like dead naked, go watch this movie. I'm telling you, that <laughs> you'll get an idea. <laughs> Well, also, too, you also get, like, a really bad impression of what Danny DeVito would look like if he was <laughs> naked, which is not good. <laughs> this is actually penguin-level fat from Batman Returns. That's yeah. how bad it is. Yeah. I'm but, a... anywho, but then we, after all this happens and everything, we go into the whole entire court thing again. The girl is in love with Arnie. She tells him that she loves him, and then sure. it goes into him proving his innocence by demon possession. And then they still sentence him and convict him. Yeah, for five and years. And it's actually, yeah. right, five years. They get married while, I have to, I, now, that, that's what impressed me. Yeah, that impressed me 100%. You know, if it wasn't for all of that at the end of the movie, I, I would have been upset. And I liked in the credits. Did you see the credits mm. where they you had the footage? The recordings? And, the recordings yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I love seeing that at the end of every Conjuring film mm-hmm. because it gives us the history and the background of what the Warrens had to go through and stuff. And then also, too, the stuff with Arnie and everything just shows me the love that this that they had for each other, which that's what impressed me. I'm like, wait a second. This guy is might be possessed, but he may not be possessed. You're still going to stick with him, even though he killed somebody that you loved. It's yeah. It's kind of... I have to say, I mean, that's pretty impressive back then in the 80s mm-hmm. to actually want to stick with someone that is a 50-50 shot that this person could yeah. be crazy or could not be crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't want to say hashtag relationship goals, but, <laughs> 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 but you know. Okay, so... As for the ranking of just the Conjuring films, and I was going through this in my head, and I want to see what you uh, see what your rankings are after this. This has nothing to do with the spinoffs. We're not ranking the spinoffs, well, just yeah. the first three Conjuring films. So I'm going to go with the second Conjuring as my number one because mm-hmm. I like the fact that it was set in London. I loved everything about that film. It was a two-hour movie. And get this. Mm-hmm. And let me just also explain this for a minute, too. When I saw the runtime in an hour and 52 minutes, it made me kind of scared because of the fact that, okay, this is not going to be a two-and-a-half-hour movie, so what am I in store for? Then I went on ahead and backtracked over to the first film. That wasn't even a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so there's a 50-50 chance that this movie could be good or it could be bad. Yep. So, you know, but if I had to rank them, the second one's going to be there for me. Then the uh, then the first one, and then this one's gonna be dead last. Right, <laughs> <laughs> it ranks number three, you know, for the third country. You know? Right, but what about you though? Where do you rank the three? Um, honestly, I would say number two, and then because I'm like I love England. I love that, you know, that whole difference right. of it. I also love the mean? plot twist at the end, how it connected yeah, to the first that one. Was, that was so in, great to me. And I love the first one. And then, the of third. course, the third, you know. That's, 
So your ranking is uh, like mine. Yours. Yeah, exactly. It's the same. Yeah. Okay. So normally I don't do out of fives anymore rank or anything like that because yeah. I don't like the overhype of film. I like people to experience it for the, what they what they are. In this case, though, I'm going to change it up. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm just going to go at a, at a – first I'm just going to go with like a three out of five. But then I feel like I'm giving it too much praise for what it is, <laughs> you know, because three uh-huh. is like uh, is right there at a B, just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna go at least a two point five out of five. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So since this is this is a Hollywood studio thing where they had multi millions of dollars and you know. Nice. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They they just let the money rain. Um, I will feel comfortable saying, honestly, about a two. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, right. you know, but that's because I was so hyped up about this. And then Did when you? I saw it, I was kind of like... <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because here's the thing: um, it, the job of the trailer is to reel us in, and that's exactly yeah. what it did. Yeah, we were sold sure on the did. trailer. And I have to uh, own up to this: Warner Brothers didn't cut anything out of this film. It was mm-hmm. everything that was in the trailer was in the movie. Yeah. So kudos for them for not doing that yeah. like they did with Snyder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was just such a letdown. I wanted to yeah. love this film just as much as the mm-hmm. other ones, and it just didn't do it for me. Now, I gave it a 2.5 for the simple reason was I liked the aspects of what happened in the first couple of minutes of the film, and then sure. also some of the other stuff I liked. So mm-hmm. it kind of boosted up the score just a little bit, but still mm-hmm. not enough for me to actually give it go, yeah. fr- go a lot more fresh with it like I wanted mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah, I So agree. that's why. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of like if, uh, uh, are you familiar with Steak and Shake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Steak and Shake, if for those of you who've never eaten. Or Shake and Bake. Or, uh, yeah, it's it's like you got hamburgers and shakes, right? Mm -hmm. And if I had to compare this and they got all kinds of different flavored shakes, that would be my number five, you know, top A. Then you just got vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I watched this movie, I would just take a chocolate and vanilla and mix it together. You know, that's the way it really would be. It'd be tasty, but it ain't. It doesn't. It's not filling. <laughs> it, 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 this ain't a banana split Sunday to me. You know what I mean? Right. And you see, um, I would even go further. I would actually say dollar dollar brand great value salt. Ah, and you keep on putting. On, on your burger to hope that it gets salty and has that flavor, <laughs> it doesn't have that flavor. Yeah. You take a bite <laughs> you know? and you're like, just pour, give me the salt. <laughs> exactly, you know? man. Yeah. Exactly. But, but is yeah. there anything that, my question for you though, is there anything that you would like to tease for what you're doing or anything like that? Or do you want to just keep everything hushed for now? Because I, I can see it. Go, I can see the wheels turning <laughs> in your head right now. I know. It's like, I, uh, all right. So, okay. If you've watched The Conjuring 3, right, and you're wondering what I'm doing, it's not like that, but it's similar. 
it's going to be similar to the conjuring one, two, and three, you know, you're going to watch the history that haunts us. And you're going to be like, this kind of reminds me of the conjuring, but the way this movie is going to be, um, we are basing it off of, I'm taking urban legends and I'm putting a twist on them. My creative writing twist and, and boom, I'm bringing you the history that haunts us. Then the one spoiler I will give, I'll give a spoiler for you and all your viewers. When the movie first starts, you will see this movie is inspired by true stories. Inspired. Okay. So, All right. I'm not saying they're true. I'm just saying they're inspired by true stories. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like saying, okay, we're not going to sell anything to you. You can donate to yeah, us. Yeah, right. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> but, right. But, yeah, man. Um, so, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with The Conjuring 3 or anything like that? Or you're pretty much good on everything that you wanted to talk about? I'm I'm good with it. You know what okay. I mean? I mean, honestly, it's I'm not going to tell people, you know, don't watch it. It's one of those if you got time, it's worth a watch if yeah, you know, it's one of those movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be But you like, know what? Yeah. Right. And another thing too that I want to mention is this. If you're going out there to spend your movie on a ticket and saying, I'm out of quarantine. This is going to be the best damn movie that I'm ever going to see. I get to go ahead and experience a horror movie for the very first time. This is not it. Go no, check out yeah, A Quiet I mean, Place 2. Yeah. Go rent one of my movies off Amazon. You know? <laughs> oh. This mine's cheap. You know? <laughs> Taki Chan just ended her stream. As a matter of fact, guys, check out Two Blurb Girls on on their uh, Twitch as well. That's Tamika and Tamara's uh, podcast and everything. Check them out. They do a bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, they just did the Conjuring 1 review over there on their side. So make sure you go in and check them out and everything. Give them some love and support. Smash that like button, share button, share that with your friends. Let everybody know about Two Blurb Girls. This is a perfect channel just for if you're a woman and love geeking out over comics, movies, and things like that, and have want to engage in conversation with other women, I strongly recommend that. Even if you're a man and you want to get sure. a woman's perspective on something, check it out. I promise you, you guys will yeah. be in for a treat. That's on Twitch, and I think that they're actually going to do something on Facebook. They're going to be streaming on Twitch and Facebook from their mm-hmm. Facebook page as well. So make sure you go over there and check them out. Mm-hmm. So with that being oh, said, right. where can everybody follow you at, Crichton? Um, com, And you can search that into Facebook or Twitter. And um, also, you can type in on Facebook, Crichton Films, and you'll find okay. me. All right. And everybody, I have some big news to share with you guys. If you guys want to. Go ahead, go to bonfire.com slash movie lovers unite. Get yourself a Mafia Talks t-shirt. It's only a seven-day campaign. Well, it was a 15-day campaign. We're on day seven right now. 
or day six right now. So go ahead, get yourself a Mafia Talks t-shirt for 18 bucks. Show us some love and support towards us that way. But if you don't want to buy a t-shirt, you don't have to. You can also go ahead and show us some love just by clicking the like and share button and everything. And that's good enough for us too. Or you guys can go ahead, donate to us. How do you do that? You just go to www.gofundme.com slash movie lovers podcast. And that's how you can show us some love over there. Of course, go on ahead, get an audio podcast of wherever you guys get your podcast from of this episode and many more that we do. Matter of fact, we're on season two of the audio side. So I actually crossed over to the 400 marker on the audio side. (laughs) So within two years, I've recorded 400 episodes. So another thing too is, yes, I have. I've been pumping it out, man. (laughs) I'm like auto pumping iron. I'm going to tell you. But another thing too, guys, is this. For all your entertainment needs, where do you go for entertainment news and everything? Go to MovieLovesUnite.com for all your entertainment needs and wants. Another thing, too, is, like I said before, give us a like, give us a share. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook at MovieLoversTVLoversUnite over there underneath the same brand name on Instagram as well as on Pinterest. Another thing, too, if you guys want to, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MovieLoversUnit over there. And also, too, give me some love over on Stereo as well because we do some Stereo shows as well over there. I haven't done one in a while because I've been mainly focused over here, but feel free to do so by going to Stereo.com and follow me on Movie Lovers Unit over there. And then, of course, if you guys are a sponsor or anything like that and you want to reach out to me, how do you do that? Just go to email me at MovieLoversUnit at gmail.com, and that's everywhere you guys can follow me at. Don't forget to go ahead and support us over at Bonfire.com forward slash Movie Lovers Unite if you want to get a T-shirt. It's only good for seven days, and then the campaign's over with, and then you guys are going to miss out. So don't be missing out. And I promise you, even Don Corleone can't even refuse the price that we have on that shirt. So with that being said, (laughs) oh, forget about it. (laughs) So with that being said, guys, like and subscribe. Always until next time. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Crichton, for being on. And also, Tamara, I'm proud of you guys on what you guys are doing over at Two Blurb. Uh, two girl, two blurb girls, and everything over there, over at y'all's mm-hmm. podcast, and everything. Great. Keep up the great work over there. Always until next time, guys. Bye bye. <laughs>